You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. This is a very special Fullcast. Because we are going to be discussing, <clears throat> you know, God's conference. We're going to be discussing the SEC. The SEC. And when you discuss the SEC, twang's got to get a little bit deeper. Your opinions have to get a little bit stronger to hold up that massive, slightly overweight to extremely overweight frame. And you got to speak on things. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We are just going to get, we're, we're going to look into our heart. We're going to go to gracepoint.tv. We're going to go to the mega church of our minds and look into our souls and dig out the questions that we need to speak on. That we need because we're talking about we're talking about things close to the heart, and that would be southeastern conference football. Um, but before that, we're going to do some reader questions. But we got to speak on stuff because this is we got how many uh, Jason Kirk joining us from his backyard, our college football editor at SB Nation. Recently had a plane fly over in the pregame call. Are you okay? Yeah, it got a little hairy there for a second. I, <clears throat> I wish we could have got that on the recording. It was so so loud, like uh, I, I, it seriously sounded like Independence Day or something. The the movie. It was just a flyover. Just getting excited for the kickoff of the full cast. Jason's gonna get an eagle later. Fly it around. It was it was Auburn fans flying to the Woo! dome. When you live in real America, you can call in a flyover to your house anytime. Yeah. Unlike some, unlike some of us who live in the godless quadrants of the concrete box infested Northeast. I'm speaking, of course, of Ryan Nanny, a.k.a. Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter, uh, joining us from from what uh, godforsaken the waste? Borough, the borough of Brooklyn. But I'm real, mm. cl- I'm real close to just getting up and leaving, man. The home of barbecue. <sighs> <laughs> 
Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, brisk- it's the media center of the nation, and when New York's talking about it, everybody's talking about it. It's true. Invented cow. Invented cow. Invented eating. Did you Have know you people didn't even eat discovered before Discovered smoke. Yep. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. This is cow, and you can eat it. Before, people just rubbed their face on the cow's dead flesh and hoped they'd absorb nutrients. But then New York came along and solved everything. Yes, that's where Ryan's joining us from, a place devoid of any original content whatsoever. Except the video City. content produced by... No, even that. That's right, except even, the video even content. That, even that we stole from the South. Shh, 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 Sorry. Sir. <laughs> 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 we do have to speak on some things, but first, what I would like to do is I would like to open the proceedings by assaulting a few reader questions in here. Uh, we ask for shutdown full cast questions every week. Some of you provide them, and some of them are quite entertaining. I thought the possibilities behind this one were boundless and colorful. Brandon underscore Borders, Brandon Borders, asks, which SEC fan base is most least likely... To destroy a hitchhiking robot. I repeat, which SEC fan base is most slash least likely to destroy a hitchhiking robot? Brandon, you've given us a question that is both topical, rich, and uh, and irresistible. So we will answer this. Jason Kirk, I wanted to start with you. I know we all have definite answers uh, about not only which one would be most or least likely, but how this would happen. I have so many opinions here. Um, one of the first that comes to mind is the LSU fan who's going to kill the thing just to try and make a pastalaya out of it. Like, just to see if you can fry aluminum oh, and what that tastes like. Mechalaya. Oh, that's good. Never, ha- yeah. never had that? Oh, the chips. They really, the, the electronics chips, you get them a little, little breaded, a little coated. Mm, good eat. J- Jason's joking, or uh, Ryan's joking, but. I'm kind of intrigued. You want to know? I mean, what I'd, I'd try it. A robot po' boy tastes like is what you're talking. Ro'boy, yeah, yeah. Ro'boy, yeah. Although I'm going to put LSU a little bit lower because if an LSU fan is picking up something on the side of the road, I mean, it could be to cook it. It could be to dismember it. You know, they might take it home as and adopt it as their own. What I'm saying is that the menu, the options, we have many of them. LSU fans are unpredictable. It could go a lot of different directions. Florida is a very good answer here. Not because of the robot, but because the robot is a hitchhiker. Mm. And if you're hitchhiking... Is it a a German robot? (laughs) If you're a a hitchhiker in Florida, you stand a very good chance of getting murdered. And I think after the fact, they realize, oh, shit, that wasn't even a people. That doesn't count against my total. I think I'm the never going to win it. against it in Florida is it's standing near where Florida drivers are. Yeah, also that. Or Florida cyclists due mm-hmm. to the large eco-friendly hordes of cyclists in urban Florida who are only doing that because they have DUIs. Florida, have a walk. <laughs> you can't you can't arrest me for WUI, <laughs> can you? Wait, you can? Shit. Shit. Dang it. Shit. Gonna have to get on this hover round. <laughs> Watch this happen. Maybe this is a pilot program, by the way. Hitchbot's really on to something. We could lower the number of hitchhikers murdered in the state of Florida mm-hmm. if we just put robots out there as decoys. 
So, do you mean that they would people would work out their murderous rage on the Hitchbots? No, no, that assumes they could tell the difference. I see. W- right, I, I'm not giving them that much credit. You're I'm just playing the odds, sort of. That Floridians would just pick it up and do exactly what you said and say, "Oh, I didn't realize that." That's oh. not a that's not a people. Oh, my dark passenger is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it is like also the ones that they're hitting, you know, it's doing more damage to their cars. Right. No, yeah, that all stands I, to reason. I, I think the A&M fan the A&M fan might adopt it as a god. They might take it. They might just work it into the A&M cult as yet another facet, right? Oh yeah. yeah. There's a whole channel about Hitchbot. Sure, Hitchbot. Hitchbot's been a tradition since 1914. I call it Johnny. The, I call it Johnny Canzel. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, the, the only thing about the Texan there is not only is Hitchbot not from Texas, it's not even from America. So Ooh. it's like double not Texas, yeah, which I don't know if that comes back around like a double negative or if it's like inconceivably evil at that point. Yeah, but Texas ain't America either. Remember, Texas is just Texas. Yeah, that's true. I guess North Korea, Canada, Louisiana, it's all the same to a Texan. As long as it's not Oklahoma. And what happens if I duct tape a Ruger to it? Huh? Just take that little robot paw, give it a little, give it, you know, 6.5 pounds of bullet-loaded America. Just duct tape it on there. The Second Amendment is not clear if it only applies to non-robots. I'm going to assume that, you know, as an advocate of open carry and marrying a gun, that it applies to robots, too. Because robots are people, too especially if they vote with my political party. Yeah, where it says we the people, I mean, who are we to say Hitchbot ain't people? It's implied. Exactly. Does he root for the Aggies? Yeah? Okay, good. Then he's, then he's either people or dog. And if, if he's a dog, he's in charge. If Hitchbot accidentally discharges in class, tuition's free. That's right. Yeah, that, if he does that, you get to leave class. You can call him Ditchbot. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I can't believe I actually searched Twitter to see if anybody made a bitch bot joke and nobody had made it. What the fuck? I know. Twitter, Twitter, you're Twitter's dead. You Twitter. caught Twitter slipping. Sell Twitter's Twitter. Over. I would say the other SEC fan base most, least likely, most likely to destroy a hitchhiking robot would be Auburn because I'm pretty sure they'd think it was from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The microwave's possessed. <laughs> You need to take that back. I'm pretty sure that robot is not all in. I tried to proselytize to it. I got persecuted, though, so I just opened up on it. Blam, blam. Johnny that, 5, I'll take Jesus 12 every day. Is that Can, is that can Newton? <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, that, what, what about the least likely half of this? The least likely. You need Probably a- Vanderbilt, because they already have robot butlers, so they're used to the whole, uh, the whole, the whole race of... Organism. I think I think uh, Mississippi State would be a good candidate as well. Uh, I think they'd they'd pick up the hitchhiker and the hitchhiking robot talk shit about Old Miss, and by the mere fact that the robot doesn't disagree with them, they'd be like, "Oh man, told you we got a fan here. Well, we got I a think state fan here." One thing that would work in the robot's favor is if it's like 1950s robot that's all like blang blang, yeah. blang you know, and then and like. If it if it when it moves it sounds like a clanger like a you drunk can say, oh, we can speak its language mm-hmm. yeah if we can speak its language we can get it to buy season tickets let's take it Man. we can get it to call Ole Miss racist I want to see <laughs> I want to see that version of Close Encounters of the Third Kind clang 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 Oxford is racist. <laughs>
<laughs> Dang, that's a great robot. Dang. Dang. The this, future's fine. This robot ain't got a shirt on, neither do I. <laughs> See if it can dispense ice cream. Holy crap. <laughs> I think another I think another fan base that is extremely unlikely to destroy a hitchhiking robot would be the Mizzou Tigers. Yeah. Because of the fan base's affection for Gary Pinkle. He'd just remind them of Gary Pinkle. Oh, hey, coach is, coach is here. Yeah, coach is here. Look, he needs a ride. Let's pick him up. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> when does Gary Pinkle not drive himself around? <laughs> Everyone knows the man drives. I was all so the time. I was so close to getting that. Uh, Beat me to it, man. <laughs> when would he not drive himself? <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Mizzou's affection for Gary Pinkle's robotic monotone demeanor would probably transfer to poor Hitchbot's, uh, you know fortunes out there on the roads of missouri hell, hell his spot might be like third at quarterback for missouri to be first for florida yeah he'll be florida hit spot his spot threw for 250 against florida didn't even he move. kind of is saban's dream cornerback so that's <laughs> true <laughs> does it have off the fucking ball just get out there and punt okay just punt hitch bot punt bot, <laughs> punt bot. Oh man, Puttbot would live forever no, no, in no. Alabama. Your name is Pitchbot. You just pitch, pitch the fucking bot. ball. That's the yeah, the Paul Johnson bot. Yeah, Pitchbot. Yeah, you got three options. I ain't writing in binary. <laughs> ain't nobody called you Throwbot. That's right. Uh, and, and I think finally, by the way, that the University of Tennessee, I think it would do pretty well on the roads of East of Tennessee because a they're lonely. Yeah, it's true. There's not many people out there. Two. Pretty sure Hitchbot can be converted to a still. Also, Hitchbot within a year, somebody at Tennessee would fucking hate Hitchbot and be like, yeah, that's my ex. He's a son of a bitch. <laughs> I fucking hate that motherfucker. Hadn't written me a child support check yet. <laughs> do you have children? No. No? The hell's what that? Kind of, what, what are kind you, of a cop? Is that? Yeah, what are you exactly? What are you, <laughs> what are you some kind of child cop? Cop and a half? You a robot cop from cop, the robot police? Cop and a half, still the number one movie in Knoxville. I have no doubt that that's absolutely true. I think we should uh, move from this rich question into a broader discussion of things we need to speak on with the SEC. R- Ryan! Oh my god, why are you doing this to me? No, you got something you need to speak on with the SEC. You have a strong opinion you need to get off your chest about the upcoming season. I know you do. Okay. Here's my strong opinion. I don't I, like Florida games are still going to be really unpleasant to watch for different mm. reasons. For mm-hmm. different reasons, partially because they have, I think, two offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and other than that, they're just going to fill Gatorade containers and and hope they can keep their GPAs up. Uh, partially because they still have some youth, some inexperience at quarterback. And partially because I'm just scared internally. I have no idea how much of Florida this year is going to be me manifesting in some sort of backwards, the secret, uh, my own terrors and failures, and how much is just going to be, hey, Jim McElwain inherited problems, and it's going to take a little time to clean this up. We got to spray. We got, oh, we got to demold? Yeah. We got to spray? You're, you're probably, I mean, we're, we're going to put all new... All new drywall in, but don't worry, your air conditioning bill is going to drop by fifty dollars. 
Yeah, you don't want to sleep in Florida football right now. No. You don't. No. You can sleep a, on it. That's fine. You're going to get a weird cough. It's going to be all kinds of strange things. Like, for instance, in case you haven't noticed, we're pretty much uh, going to start a five-star OT mm-hmm. <laughs> who, just, who just signed this year. Mm-hmm. They're basically penciling him in on the offensive line. Yep. Like, yep, hey, son. Yeah, 40% of your offensive line is a day one freshman and an FCS call-up. Yep. Get it. <laughs> that's that's what we that's what we have to do. That's how inept the previous staff was at scouting, retaining, and training offensive talent. And I and I say this. I guess what I'm really leading up to is Florida's going to lose one of two streaks this year. It's either going to be the Tennessee streak or the Kentucky streak. I don't know which one it is. Would you be pretty happy if we like the year you look back and we'd beaten both of them? I'm taking all of the results. Out of, out of the, the equation. equation whatsoever, and you look back, and all you know about the season is we beat both Kentucky and Tennessee. Would you just take that and go, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that? Yeah, I probably would, actually. I'd probably say, we- okay, well, this was, this was going to be their, their punch and chance to get it done, and they didn't. And also, like, I think there's the whole recruiting implications for being like, shit, Florida just lost to Kentucky. That's going to be bad. That's going to have spillover effects. Which of those two would you least want to lose? Kentucky, because I am married to a Tennessee fan, and so I can live with it if she Mm -hmm. gets something good out of the deal. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's gentlemanly of you. You think that now. I do. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to talk shit. Oh, yeah. I'd put a a bookmark on that comment. That's fine. that's come back come back to it in three months. That's fine because I can that we can we can pull this audio and I can play it for her and I can you, say, see how selfless I was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you've never was. actually you've never actually experienced this. No, I haven't. I really haven't. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. It won't be. I'm telling you, it it won't be pleasant. What's you, gonna be really nice is like the uh like Tennessee's celebrating, they beat Florida. Yeah, and then she hits you with the like, you know, oh, you'll get them next week, something, whatever. Oh, that's when. Oh, that's when. Oh, 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 I no, already hate you. Yeah, it's bad, man. That's fine. Yeah, because you know, you know what I'll do? I'll just say, "Oh, I didn't watch the game." Or she'll be like, "You were right. This was fun watching this together." Yeah, and then man. like seriously, you're just gonna have to take all that rage. You're gonna to have to excrete it into an evil black fluid, and you're gonna just have to mail it to the CDC. That's fine. I'm still, I'm still taking, I'm still taking Tennessee as the least painful because I do, in some sense, enjoy when the Tennessee Florida rivalry is a competitive one and an actual rivalry, and I would rather just continue to beat Kentucky even in the years when we shouldn't, and the refs give us unfair calls and all sorts of bullshit happens. I'm fine with that. Yeah, because that happened. It did oh, happen. That, oh, oh yeah. you bet. You yeah. bet. And I, I listened to it happen on a rental car radio in South fucking Dakota. <laughs> My life is very dumb. Oh, you actually participated in a Florida game as it happened <laughs> that, last year? That is, that is, that is. Uh, was that the one? It was early enough in the year that I did oh, okay. it then. Are you, yeah. How many are you going to watch this year? Oh, I gotta talk it. I gotta talk it over with some people. No, that that's a week by week thing. I <laughs> yeah. think my prediction is that Ryan makes it to week three. Wow, I, is that better than last year? Uh, no, no. Okay, I think but, makes, but I think you'll do me, better this me, year. Let me back up a second. You have to you have to understand that I uh, no. We have to back up a little bit further and tell everyone listening. 
Ryan is a Florida fan who is smarter than I am because you bailed after you bailed after game what four yeah. last year? Yeah. And yeah, the, you ba- and and before that, I bailed after the Miami game the year before. Yes, which is correct because yeah. because our head coach was very dumb and very yeah. bad at his job and never changed or improved or got better. I did not the, watch a second of the Georgia game last year, and I'm fine with it. I watched every game. Yeah. And I went to the Missouri game. And I will say this. Ryan's a smarter person than I am. But much, I, much smarter. But I am going to watch the Missouri game in full because Spencer and I are going to write about it. Oh, you bet we are, buddy. But <laughs> so, so all I'm saying is that I watch these games usually with Dan Rubenstein and Roger and like a group of people. And I can't in good conscience say, no, this is so important that the actual good game that's going on right now, we should watch this instead of that. I'm not going to do that to other people. I'm self-quarantining. Again, I am a great person. Um, So I think we agree, by the way. Florida's like, what? If we win eight games, you're, you're, you're fairly content with that? Eight games is great. Eight games, I'd be stunned. Eight games is great. Yeah. God, Muschamp was garbage. I think that could happen. I mean, I think that could happen. Sure. It really could. Sure. It, no. could, it could also easily not happen. I am looking at the games, though. Yeah. There's a stretch. Oh, man, it's a stretch. There's a stretch in October. Actually, there's a stretch starting in late September. Hell, let's go mid-September. At Kentucky, Tennessee, and Old Miss at home. At Missouri, at LSU versus Georgia. That's basically three road games mm-hmm. in a row to end October. If we finish three and three in that stretch, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. It, it really would be. Because right now I'm just worried about beating East Carolina. A, a legitimate concern. I'm going to use this opportunity to piggyback onto another question about the SEC. Okay. This is a question we got from Paul Hagan at Paul Hagan. WSMV. Uh, his question, and I'll read it verbatim. Will the SEC East be relevant this season? <laughs> no, I can't even finish that fake question. Sir, how dare you? Do uh, you, you want to look up A&M's record in the SEC? Wow. Does, does, he want, does he want to do that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, no, I see you, weatherman. Burn that's, Paul, that's Paul Hagan from Nashville Weather. Burn him down. Okay, yeah. so, so this, is, this is all I'm going to say. If your question is, is the SEC East going to be relevant in, like, the upper stratosphere, the answer is no. There is not going to be an SEC East team that in November we are saying, "Mm, I don't know, they might make the playoff. They look like the playoff team. They're not even going to be sniffing at that. However, the SEC East played the following teams last year and lost to all of them. Florida State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Clemson, Oklahoma. They will play all of those teams again this year, and the SEC East is good enough to fuck up somebody else's day. Like, the SEC East has a driver's license and doesn't care about its own car. That's what I'm saying. And you have to share the road with them. That's right. The SEC East is either the reckless 16-year-old. Or the reckless 86-year-old. Right. I'm going with the reckless 16-year-old. Because... Because I think the profile of the East, East right now is a bunch of youngish and or reconstructing programs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, is it reconstruction a word you want to use when discussing <laughs> the SEC? It went fine before. 
<laughs> it's it, it was it worked out kinda. Um, it, it took an extra hundred years. It took an extra yeah. That's it. The SEC East on that regional development curve of being mm-hmm. better in the next hundred to one hundred and fifty years. It's getting there. It's getting there. But but yeah, this is this is the conference division that will is capable of ruining someone's life. That's it. Yeah. It's it's the cousin that stays with you, and next thing you know, you have a meth lab in your basement. Jason, you got something you want to speak on? You, do you need to get something off your chest with the SEC? The good Lord has put something on my heart that I got I to gotta share with y'all let this it, evening. Let it out. Let it out. Uh, I feel led to, um, th- to testify on the following topic. Um, I think it's time for us to backlash against the Tennessee hype backlash. Mm-hmm. At the end of last season, after they smashed Iowa in the bowl game, there was a sudden surge of all shit. Here comes Tennessee next year. We're going to win eight, nine games. Butch, Butch has got them on the right track. Bring a quarterback back and turn a lot of talent and all that. And since then, there's been kind of this push from sensible people to say, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. By sensible people, I don't mean Tennessee fans because they're all about, you know, we're going to win 10, 11 games this year. Um, many of them, at least. Where. I I don't really think we need to tone that down all that much looking at the rest of the East, looking at what Tennessee returns. They have – it's amazing to say, but they have one of the most proven quarterbacks in the conference. Uh, they've been recruiting well. They, they have a decent head coach at very least. I mean I, I think you say top three in the SEC East, sure. Like Georgia's got a lot of talent, but who's their quarterback? Who's their offensive coordinator? We don't really know on either of those. Um, Mizzou's still there, um, sort of a de facto winner two years in a row. No offense, Mizzou. But that's, that's, that's how I'm going to describe it. I mean, to me, it's like Tennessee, sure, they're good enough to make it to Atlanta and then lose, but I think we crank the hype back up, and not just because it'll be hilarious when it doesn't work out. You know, just looking at the rest of the East, I don't really see who else is that much better than Tennessee. Also with this, Tennessee pushes downhill. And by that I mean the end of their schedule is the nice, winnable part of the schedule where they can really embarrass some people and or do really well, hopefully avoid an upset. The toughest team they play – I mean they, they – October 24th, they play Alabama and they play in Tuscaloosa. And realistically, they will probably by the numbers lose that game. They're oh. vastly improved, but they will probably lose that game. They kind of sure. hung in that game last year. They weirdly. did weirdly. No, no, they did. I mean, they didn't look. They didn't. You know, they didn't look like they didn't belong on the field. Right. They just looked like a team that didn't have as many horses in the stable. Right. Like that's literally how they looked. You're like, oh, they that that team has an 84 according to the computer, and that team has a 78, and this is how this kicks in. My comeback there would be Georgia plays Bama, Mizzou plays Arkansas, Florida plays LSU. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got oh, a really, really right. tough opponent everybody, out of the West. Everybody will get that. My point isn't that. My point is that after October 24th, it goes Kentucky, South Carolina, North Texas, at Mizzou, which is the toughest game they have, and then Vanderbilt, who they will annihilate because oh. that game is in Knoxville as if it weren't bad enough. So the last four or five weeks of the season, they push downhill. So if they're in a good spot, they only look better and better as yeah, the season We're talking about on. a young team. You know, They were young last year and got better over the course of the year. Still young, going to get better over the course of the year. I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, sure, feel hype, have high expectations. 
I don't see why not. Yeah. Other other than it's always stupid to have high expectations, but I mean, it's no dumber than anybody else right now. I have one little note of caution to slide in there. Do you remember who Tennessee's offensive coordinator is now? <laughs> Hit us with that name. Mike DeBoard. <laughs> Mike DeBoard, late of Michigan, like super late of Michigan, like since 2007. <clears throat> like dead. Yeah, like... <laughs> the dearly departed. <laughs> the dearly departed Mike DeBoard back from the dead to be the offensive coordinator. Not that things will change a lot. Not that they won't have... Um, a newly massive 242-pound Jalen Hurd, who is like a tall heavy. Like, that's what Jimbo Fisher would call him. Be like, well, you know, they got a tall heavy. They got one of them big fast. They got one of them big fast tall heavies. And Jalen Hurd. Now, how would he rate as an OC compared against, like, the likes of Brian Schottenheimer? (laughs) That was my thing I was going to speak on. Oh, okay. Go ahead, then. Go ahead. I I do want to pause that, though, because... Though there is tribulation in my heart, it can wait for the betterment of getting in touch with our fan base. Jason, did you have a question from the readers that you wanted to throw in here? Yeah, I got two. I'll, I'll, I'll get the quicker one out of the way Okay, for us first. Um, from Alex Lewis, a big cat L92 on Twitter. Build the worst coaching staff you can out of active FBS head coaches. I, I, that's a typo, FBS. He, I, he meant SEC. SEC. Mm. Quite sure of it. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I'm going to go. Let's see. Our defense coordinator is Kevin Sumlin. Okay. Mm. That kind of goes, goes without saying. I, I don't like believe that. he's yeah. ever had a good defense. There was, was his first one, A&M, was kind of all right. Uh, I mean, defense is basically taken care of, but I'm going to make it even harder. Our co-defensive backs coaches are Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn, wow. who their entire motivations in life are getting the ball back to the offense as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another wrinkle, our assistant DB's coach is Steve Spurrier, who all he's going to do all day is harass his bosses about how much money they make. So they're completely distracted and, 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 and even, even more interested in just getting this fucking over with. Um, our quarterback's coach, Nick Saban. Yeah, that's perfect. Who, as it is, he, his, his sort of pride and joy is the secondary. So he's screaming at like, you know, a rotation of like seven or eight defensive backs. Now he's screaming at one guy, the guy who's in charge of distributing the ball. That kid is going to have a fucking meltdown by like week four. Uh, our receivers coach is Brett Bielema. We're going to have 285 pound receivers. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> delectable. <laughs> uh, I'll put Derek Mason at offensive line coach, the Vanderbilt head coach. Just, you know, he seems like a nice guy. Let's give him a promotion. Um, Offense coordinator, Les Miles. Even though he's got offense in his background, we've seen the offenses his teams produce, so that's the exact kind of offense we want here. And let's put Mark Richt in charge of all this because he's too nice to fire any of these guys midseason. Wow. But, and you know, there's a few spots left over, but I feel like those are the important ones. You can slot whoever else wherever you want. I'm going to double up Brad on that strength and conditioning, Coach. <laughs> this, is, this is awful. Cheeseburgers. You're, you're both awful people. That's a good one. Otherwise, I have no corrections. That's an outstandingly horrible answer. Yeah, I, maybe you make maybe you make Spurrier recruiting coordinator too because he does not give <laughs> shit about it. <laughs> yeah, hey, he uh, he uh, showed up. He's got the right uh, shorts on. Yeah, I think let's offer him. Yeah, you you want to come play for the SEC? So, All right then. Sounds pretty good. Most people, you know, most people work their whole lives to come down to Florida. You could just uh, you get down here when you're 18. I met a I met a kid on JetBlue the other day. He seemed nice enough. 
Hey, you seen Gus Malzahn? He wears one of them visors like me. Doesn't look as good, though. Yeah. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder if he can hump an exercise ball like I do. The thing I have to speak on, which that was an excellent question, by the way. The thing I have to speak on would be Brian Schottenheimer, the hire at Georgia, which is my reminder, which I love to do every year, that, that anything you assume is a given can be screwed up. All of it. It can be screwed up for years. And I say this, by the way, as somebody clearly traumatized by projections and predictions last year of Florida being sort of good in the, well, they'll run ball control and the defense will take care of things, which is the dumbest goddamn thing every single year because people forget that these are college athletes and you cannot play airtight football with them. You can't. Do you know what a joy it has been to watch Nick Saban like have offensive coordinators from like spread teams living rant-free in his head for the last three or four years? It's been glorious. It's been great. Watching him have to hire offensive coordinators who enjoy scoring, that's been delightful. By the way, one of those guys who we did in the whole ball management phase was Jim McElwain. Let's not talk about that. It's fine. It'll all be okay. It'll be fine. Think about the Colorado State year. That's right. Think about that. Think about solo Jim. (laughs) Think about how how good he looked against Wyoming. That's right. (laughs) SEC's just like that. Uh So there's that. There's, but when people point it to Georgia, a very talented team, very talented, with, with Jeremy Pruitt, an outstanding defensive coordinator, and just miles of talent on the defensive roster, I ask a few questions. One, when has ball control ever gone wrong in the contemporary game, other than every single year with a really talented team? And some coach who's like, well, we'll just lean on the running back. Well, sometimes when you lean on the running back, his leg breaks. Or sometimes you have to pass. Because occasionally you play a team that can actually get their run fits right on defense, right? Oh, and then sometimes maybe that running back signs a few autographs he shouldn't. That'll happen. That'll happen, especially in the state of Georgia. Why are you bringing up old shit? Why are you you bringing up old business? (laughs) I don't know, maybe because I almost had to not sleep in my house that night. <laughs> that was great. Good people of Georgia, always good for an anonymous threat. What's the best what's the best part of living here? And, I don't know. The indomitable courage of people. And by anonymous threat you mean a threat made using their Facebook account that has using their, their job on Facebook it. account to say they're gonna shoot me with their hunting rifle huh. from their truck. Hey, honey, the regional manager over at Target has some words for me. Yeah. Wow, look at that. He's going to drive from Rome down his truck. Goddamn, that's far. You want me to ask yeah. him to bring toilet paper? He's coming from Rome, so <laughs> we can go catch a movie before he gets here. Exactly. Might as well, might as well see Avengers Age of Ultron at the drive-in. But, yeah, that's it, that happens. When people say, well, they can't screw this up. That goes against everything we know about this sport because there's a few things you do know. You do know that certain teams, in order to fall to like four or five games, you have to suck at your job or there has to be some kind of catastrophe for you to get that low because the schedule's padded with easy out-of-conference games. And in addition to that, there's going to be at least two teams that just can't get off the floor in conference every single year. That's going to happen. 
in most any conference, by the way. Like when people point to the Pac-12 and say, man, you know, it's just good top to bottom. Yeah, always, you still get to play always, Colorado. and You still get to play Colorado and Washington, Washington State. State and maybe Washington this year, hell. Maybe Washington. <laughs> we'll save that for our Pac-12 preview. Exactly. That eight people will really, really enjoy. All eight Dan Rubensteins that represent the Pac-12 fan base will adore that section. But my point being, Georgia went from a really good offensive coordinator and a guy who could actually train quarterbacks and Mike Bobo, and they hired Brian Schottenheimer, who produced some of the worst offenses to ever grace the NFL. And statistically, I don't know if that's true, but I watched them. Sure, sure, sure. It feels right. I, I think it's the statistically the okayest uh, offenses to ever grace the NFL field. My favorite thing that uh, Rick said about the Schottenheimer hire at SEC Media Days is probably out of context, but he said, well, you know, it ain't that easy finding pro-style offensive coordinators anymore, <laughs> implying that, you know, like, all the good ones are taken, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I got this one, and now we're married. I guess we'll have some kids. Always so. Best pro-style coordinator available. Yeah. That's really not a ringing endorsement. So I don't know if he felt like he was in a bad spot. I don't know if that's just who sent the resume in. But you hired the son of an NFL coach to coach your offense. And you, and can, you can feel free to quote me, by the way, when Georgia like blows the doors off and has the best offense in the SEC. I mean, that's the thing is like how fucking hard is it going to be like give the ball the next chub behind the loaded offensive line? You know, hard. like like you say, you got to pass at some point. But I mean, they're going to put up a bunch of yards and he's going to look like, you know, a genius, like as if it's really difficult to figure out. But well, I mean, he could look like that way between the 20s. Yeah, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Oh, when is Georgia ever had goal line scoring problems. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, oh, you might have a point. Also, this might equal the bold prediction of, oh, wow, Georgia loses two games. It shouldn't. Which, what year is this? Every year. <laughs> Stamp it. The year is every well, year. Completed our 2016 preview. Um, can I testify on one, one additional thing that I thought of? Yeah, please. Okay. Somebody at the end of the year is going to realize they're paying a coach a lot of money for a year they really didn't like. With the exception of Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, who still makes a good amount of money. Every coach in the SEC makes well over $3 million. I think Mark Stoops is the next lowest, and he's at like 3.25. And somebody's going to have a year that just just taste like turd and they're gonna pay, they're gonna realize they paid three million dollars yeah <laughs> everyone in the west is well over four yeah right? i be, yeah i believe that's uh, i'm somebody, double checking somebody's, this has been like the thing of the off season that yeah. will never stop being funny and will be really funny in december like <laughs> that somebody in the west is getting paid four million dollars to miss a bowl it's gonna be it's gonna be extremely bad it's going to be extremely bad for somebody because they're uh, going to look and they're going to say, well, shit, you know, Todd Graham's only making 2.7. <laughs> I, I got, I, I have a real, I have a real strong candidate there, by the way. I would like, before you get there, I would like to point out Brian Schottenheimer being paid nearly a million dollars. Yeah. 
God. You want you want you want to put a little fire under that? Yeah, do it. You want to see how that heats up? Do it. <laughs> right. I mean, I like in that four million club. Yeah. Uh, there's one dude who it might it might start to heat up if it just doesn't get competitive or interesting. Yep. And if they they don't improve defensively, uh, that B A and M because because we're talking about four million. Kevin Sumlin makes. Five million dollars yeah. a year. And, and that's a long contract, isn't it? It is a long contract with a five million dollar buyout. Ooh. Oh boy! Ooh. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know who it's going to be, but I promise you, we're going to get to Thanksgiving, and somebody's going to be looking at the numbers and say we paid four million dollars and we lost three home games. What the Our, fuck? I remind you too. Hugh Freeze is on that list. Hugh Freeze is on that list. <laughs> oh my four, god! Four Things point. could get horrible because this is the year Ole Miss has been building toward for two or three years now. Oh, the like, da- the Donna year. <laughs> like Ole Miss, Ole Miss went to a New Year's Bowl like a year ahead of schedule. Like if they'd gone to the Peach Bowl and, and gotten the shit kicked out of them this year, you'd say, "Oh wow, Ole Miss built toward something." But Man, if they don't produce this year, things are going to be bad. I'm just saying, Hugh Freeze, like, try to line up that Titans job now. Like, just get, <laughs> just river, just music man this sucker. Just get out of town. I don't know if you go that far. <laughs> How bad can it be? Nobody watches Titans games. That's true. I, that's true. I, I will say this. It won't heat up for Hugh Freeze early because they don't really hit the shit until mid-October. And that's when it looks even worse. I will, because you, because you have that. an artificially inflated ranking at that point. Yeah, because uh-huh. you got a number by your name. I will tell you. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you what would. I will tell you what would bust the sewer pipe under the nursery for all of them. Okay, <laughs> and that would be October seventeenth, Saturday at Memphis. Oh no! Oh, oh, no! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good Memphis team. Oh, Don't man. laugh. That's a really, and they will man. not take them seriously. And there will be a fight in that game because there is always some kind of scuffle or fight in the old Miss Memphis game. And it's in Memphis. Here's what I, love. I think. I think the reason to overlook Memphis is Memphis loses a lot of talent and all that. So like, it's it's not even like losing to the Memphis of last year. That's like nope. you know, almost beating UCLA. It's like you're losing to a pretty normal AAC team. But stay with me here. Let's say what Spencer has suggested comes to pass, and Memphis wins that game. You know what happens the very next day? Everybody starts on that. Well, I think it's time for SEC to expand and give that spot to Memphis. I think <laughs> they've earned it. SEC needs to lock down Tennessee. <laughs> and do that. You got to. You got to East Tennessee. You got to get gotta, Vanderbilt out of the conference. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Dragging us down with their high yeah, academic so standards. If MTSU can get it going. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's. <laughs> there is a McDonald's in Murfreesboro. <laughs> they, well, they got a Carabas. What, son? <laughs> We got Starkville in the conference. Why not Murfreesboro? It's cosmopolitan compared to them. It's actually a Caradas because they lost the they lost the franchise. It's oh. yeah, it's a Car- it's a Baracas, <laughs> but, but not like, like Obama. Mortal no, Kombat. No, there? it's a Mortal Kombat themed Italian restaurant. <laughs> Family style. Finish your meal. Get over here to Baracas. <laughs> not even using the right character. Test your hunger. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that. That and LSU. LSU is the other one where you go, like I'm. I mean, we like this is. I will tell anyone that you know I've kind of been waiting for LSU to have that year for like four years now, mm-hmm. and it, and it keeps not happening. Yeah, because they'll lose 
a game that should signal it's that year, but then they don't like hit the full flat spin. Yeah, and do you know what their first? I mean that that opening. Okay, they play Syracuse. Who they'll annihilate? <laughs> that's that's a road game. How the hell are you playing Syracuse on the road? You're LSU. Show some respect for yourself. <laughs> yeah, they also get uh, they get Auburn. They get that double dose early in the season of at Starkville at night and Auburn, which I don't think anyone wants to play Auburn right now. No, no one. Absolutely no one. So that could be an ugly start if they lose both of those games. They're one and they're, they're two and two, three and they're three and two going into that South Carolina game on the road, which is just that would be that's a bad spot for them. That seems like the kind of ideal situation for Les Miles to me, though, to be like two and two, three and two. That's when you end up ten and two. That's when you end up ten and two because Les is like, boys, I got it, I got it. <laughs> that he just does that thing where he pulls a horseshoe out of his ass and finishes with 10 wins because he's less miles. Here's the thing, though. LSU already has the most important victory that they're going to get this year, and that is convincing a criminal complainant to just leave it alone. Undefeated in the courtroom. Just joined Florida right over there. Mm-hmm. Just like Napoleon. Yeah. Hernandez was in the pros when he lost. I don't. We don't want that on our record. That's right. Uh, Sponged. You got a uh, you got a question you want to answer, Ryan? Yes, uh, this question comes from Danny Will at Danny Will says his question: What fan base overreacts the worst to an early season loss? Again, this is our SEC preview show. It is implied that the question is SEC fan base. Now, we could answer this generically in the sense of what fan base we think usually overreacts the worst, or we could look at this more specifically to 2015. I leave that up to you gentlemen. The latter sounds pretty fun. All right. Let's let's pull up let's pull up ye old helmet schedule. That's the that's I am going to throw out one right quick. Okay. Uh, Auburn versus Louisville. Ooh. Uh, really high expectations for Auburn, not so much among the fan base. Um they're they're kind of freaked out it seems by like the top 5 rankings and all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But they do have high hopes about Muschamp flipping that defense and about their new backup quarterback being better than the old one because, yeah, that's how it works. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's better than the guy he didn't start over. Sure, of course. Football's <laughs> like that. Um, but, yeah, Louisville's going to be really good. Like they're, they're using the Auburn model of just bringing in all of Mark Rick's booted players and so forth. Like I think people are looking like they lost a bunch of NFL draft picks. I mean, they lost a bunch of seventh-rounders. They're not Florida State. Like... I think they brought in more talent than they lost, more or less. Also, so, I mean, I could see Auburn dropping one to Louisville, and then, then what do you do? You just lost to an ACC team. Yeah, that's bad. Also, Everybody saw it. Also, Louisville. Also, Louisville's going to slow that game down. They are going to slow oh, that yeah. down. How did each team only have six possessions? Well, Bobby Petrino put Petrino. the emergency brake on. What, hey, he's what can I tell real you? good. Real good at his real good at his job. Since and when had Bobby Petrino been good at breaking? <laughs> <laughs> Um, along the same veins of the early ACC loss that brings you much shame to your house, South Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah, Ooh, that could yeah. happen. Like North Carolina, yeah. as much as they were a frustratingly inconsistent team last year, they have the makings of a very good offense. Yep. And that is a, that, that is a case where 
South Carolina could get the barn burnt all the way to the ground. We're and, talking about a defense that was pretty bad and then kind of didn't change anything. Yeah, so if they have to, if South Carolina has to start the season with a loss to UNC, given the sort of questions that have been lingering about Steve Spurrier and how long he should or will stay around at uh, SC, that could go that could go so sour so quickly. I mean, if you're talking about losing to UNC after losing to Clemson, like, you're third in your area behind two ACC teams. Yeah. Uh, You got Eastern Carolina there, too. Just just nibbling away. Yeah, but they lost to Florida. They can't be that good. (laughs) That's that's very true. (laughs) This is entirely true and embarrassing. I always feel good about that, though, because I hope somebody like the Florida Athletic Department, God knows, like one – one person hears this and it's just like, oh, damn. God damn it. They're clowning us so hard. Yes. Yes, we are clowning you super hard because <clears throat> someone there has sucked at their job. And this is this is what happened. You, uh, should, you should feel ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Uh, the final answer to this question, that would be if Alabama goes to Jerry World and loses to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, like, yeah. that will mean Alabama is on a two-loss streak to the Big Ten. To the Big Ten. To the Big Ten. <laughs> you just lost to the team that Ohio State ate. Yeah, that that will mean that Wisconsin has a coach, a new coach, who starts his career <laughs> with a win over the fucking Crimson Tide. I, I will say this, another one. It's that Christ way. versus Sa- Satan, man. <laughs> Satan. Satan. Sorry. An, early, an early one that would absolutely suck. It really would, because I think they think they can pull it off. It's Oklahoma, Tennessee. Yeah. Like, I mean, Oklahoma should beat you historically. Yeah. Sure. They should. And probably this year, too. Yeah. Although, another team that could just get their ass whipped early, Arizona State at Texas A&M. Yeah. I'm scared to death of that Arizona State team. I know Jason Kirk is currently chuckling at the notion. Of Arizona <laughs> well, State I mean, I, I my only thing would add that, you know, like, so are Arizona State fans, but yeah, they're, 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 the fucking, they're the fucking time bomb of that whole week one schedule. And they should be, but that is a volatile game right there. That game's going to be four and a half, five hours. Easy. But yeah, that's another one where if Texas A&M is not careful, they could get blowed the hell up. Easy. Oh, since when is Texas A&M not careful? <laughs> since, since, when is, since when has an early season result been misleading for Texas A&M? Never. Never. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I do have another thing to speak on. Speak on way, it. If I, I got to get this off my chest. Uh, it's been weighing on me. I, I, I do have to speak to the congregation. Lay it at the foot of the cross, brother. I will. I'm just going to bring it up, and the Lord's going to take it away from me, and I will be so much lighter and unburdened for having said it out loud. But um, I think this is the year that the Lane Kiffin-Nick Saban marriage starts to show cracks. Like more cracks than losing to Ohio State <laughs> would indicate. Okay, well, let's. Let, that seems like a fair prediction, but I want to get specific, and I want to know how those how those cracks are developing, how they're manifesting. I will. I will get very specific with this. This is this is how it works. Are you prepared? Yeah. Bring it. Okay. It works this way because Alabama's allegedly running a lot more spread hurry up this year after sort of tinkering with it at in stretches last year, right? 
and will attempt to utilize more of a double threat. Well, one, that's not really Lane Kiffin's wheelhouse. No. It's just not, right? It doesn't – it's not a base part of the offense. They didn't even – Lane Kiffin really – they didn't even work out of the shotgun a whole lot until I think last – I mean, McCarron two years ago, if you're counting Alabama, but Kiffin himself – didn't really work out of the shotgun a lot at USC, ever. They worked. A- it was kind of uh, there were even times when like his quarterback's getting annihilated because he doesn't have enough time that they should have gone to shotgun. I remember a game against Utah where they basically lost because they refused to use shotgun. Yeah, because and I think in in large part because they didn't practice it, didn't have it, you know. So they had to just go with what they knew, and what they knew was going under center. Well. Allegedly, there's going to be a bit more of a double threat presence in this, and that doesn't seem to be a very comfortable position. It's not the kind of thing that I think when you're working with people, you're necessarily 100% confident and or fluent in. So if that starts to go badly at all, not that they'll be unproductive. They have so much talent offensively that at times it's hard to get everybody the ball which you might have seen last year versus Ohio State. <laughs> Where nobody got the ball. Where nobody got the ball. Hey, it's, it's fair. You can get into decision paralysis when you have that many talented people, right? It's just it's entirely possible for that to happen. But in addition to that, if they start to go like that and they start to get into the meat of their schedule, that could go, that could go badly. And remember, going badly at Alabama is losing three games. But looking at their schedule, it's very possible for them to lose three games, especially given how the program is done versus certain other programs recently. For instance, uh, almost losing to Arkansas last year with an Arkansas team that should be vastly improved this year. Correct? Uh, going, sure. going up against, I think, a difficult, yes, ball control style team in Athens. Not that that Alabama at Georgia game has, hasn't gone terribly for, the, for Georgia in the past. And then... LSU, the game where we, I think we officially agree anything can happen at any time. And then they have to go to Kyle Field. Newly renovated 500,000 seat Kyle Field, by the way. <laughs> 500,000 with a lake and 900 luxury seats and an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, five stars. That, is, that is the one, looking at the schedule now, that is the one the one sort of factor we'll probably talk too much about once the game shows up. But when they, when they play Tennessee... That is at the end of a stretch that is at Georgia, home against Arkansas, at Texas A&M, and then they, they host the balls. Tennessee has a bye before that game. Oh, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to do something to them. Uh, I like your theory. I want to I posit a different one in which this marriage goes bad. In this, in this scenario, everything goes fine for the Alabama offense. But the Alabama defense doesn't come through in a game... They really should have. And Lane Kiffin, god damn it, he just can't help he just can't help running his mouth out in these. Oh, streets. does he tweet? He he tweets, he Instagrams, he snaps, whatever. He just says something shitty. And I don't think Nick Saban's going to appreciate that. He goes off script. He goes way I think off that's a pretty a pretty envisionable scenario. Yeah, no, entirely plausible. He put up thirty five points. It might even happen in a win. I should point that out. It's not my fault, you rednecks. If he pulls like a full Bill Callahan. Wouldn't have needed to go to double overtime if you if your state wasn't such a cesspool. That is pretty good. A disappointing like forty three thirty eight win. Yeah. And and Kiffin blames 
statement for uh, the win. <laughs> Listen, we wouldn't have had to. I mean, the defense put us out there a lot. That's all I wanted to, to save that that touchdown play for next week. That's all he has to say, by the way. Well, the defense put us out there a lot. Mm-hmm. Done. That's it. Done. Traitor. You know, Nick Saban is allegedly on board with the game in its modern state. Allegedly. We'll see how on board he is when he has to play a full season like this with Lane Kiffin attempting to run it. I just, it, it, with a first year starter, mind you, at quarterback. And yes, all the talent in the world. Because you just magically got him to go to Tuscaloosa, the most beautiful city with the most natural, attractive properties. Oh, you've been to the beach at Tuscaloosa? It's gorgeous. Real mm. nice. The mountains? Mm-hmm. Oof. The downtown? Oh, the Hollywood? The museums? Yep. The, fi- the film industry? The, 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 yep. The mixtape circuit? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that club circuit? This club's got nachos. The Vietnamese food? It's astonishing. This club's a football stadium. <laughs> wow, that's lit. Happy bar mitzvah. That and uh, that, and I think we can take one more. I think we have time for one more reader question because I've gotten all my, my my deep, passionate heart weights off of my chest. So I think we have time for one more question. If either of you have one, uh, I, I got one that that would take a minute to get through. Okay, but, that's that's fine. Uh, I believe it's pretty essential. It's a good question. Uh, from Brandon Walker, SleepyAT830 on Twitter. Which SEC division wins if they declare war on each other? Also, which state gets destroyed first? South, <clears throat> South Carolina declares first and is destroyed first. <laughs> we, we've already seen this. Sir. We've seen that trick. They'll be <laughs> dumbest and boldest, and they'll suffer the most for it. Well, what we had before was north and south. We done flipped it. Now it's east right. and west. We're going to try that, see if that right. works out better. Um, so, all right. So, looking at the east and the west, I think first of all we're going to lay down a ground rule and assume that no school can switch sides because we all know that in real life, as soon as um, as soon as war is declared, Auburn immediately flips and invades Tuscaloosa. Like True. what the fuck? And now it's eight on six. They see Correct. the weakness, and Missouri probably looks at its, its geographic. Uh, Missouri just situation leaves. And just says, <laughs> yeah, you know what? We'll be independent. We'll play BYU. That's fine. Mizzou is France in World War One and just says, you know what? We're making we'll our own deal. Settle, we're, we're out. Settle yeah. yourselves. France in World Two. Sorry, 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 France. Um, but I think I think you look at the the advantages for each once we lay down that that it's seven on seven, just like a recruiting drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the East has the population, the economic, the manpower, the production edge because it's just got bigger states. Even though the West has Texas, Georgia, and Florida combined are bigger. Plus Missouri and Tennessee are relatively big states among this group. So. I think overall, if we're looking at a long, drawn-out war, the East wins the war of attrition just because they more, have more bodies to throw at the fire. Whereas the West, they have this logistics advantage where their front is all crunched together, where the two, the two sort of frontline school states for them, Alabama and Mississippi, they have multiple schools close by in those areas, whereas the East is all spread out. So I think what you see as soon as war is declared is you see Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they immediately, they're assigned to go take Memphis, which they do without any problem because it's right there. The only problem is they're tied up for the entire rest of the war arguing about which side is more racist, but at least they're holding down Memphis. Um, The side benefit of that is that cuts off the the Mississippi River, which means Mizzou's supply lines are cut, which means they're going to lose that war of attrition against Arkansas which that, that'll be a bloody, heinous battle in woods with 
mountains and um, chicken products, but Arkansas is eventually going to win that one and then contribute their forces over to, uh, over to uh, I guess, an invasion of, like, Nashville. Yeah, yeah, uh, let's invade Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> burn, that, burn that shit to the ground, see how they like it. The one problem about Nashville is I'm seeing, you know, there are almost certainly more SEC West fans there than Vandy fans. So any invasion is going to be greeted as liberators. So, like, even if Vandy is, even if they get back up from Tennessee and Kentucky, we're still talking about a situation where there are insurgencies left and right from, you know, Bama fans. Um, Tennessee and Kentucky, those two, they basically can't be invaded because we're talking about highlands with trees and civilians have guns. So, like, those campuses will defend themselves. Their armies can march on Nashville. So now what we'd have is four SEC schools or th- four SEC East armies, I should say armies, basically tied up by three. So now the West has an advantage. They have an extra army to play with. Um, Atlanta being the cap, the obvious capital of the East, we're going to see Georgia immediately bolt to defend that and entrench themselves as Auburn and Alabama invade. And I think Georgia can hold that ground for a while based on the, you know, the defender usually has sort of an advantage, at least in risk. Um, and Bama and Auburn are going to spend a lot of time bitching over who cheats more. Oh, uh, and, it, like, and I have a couple of key points. You've thought a lot about this. Yeah, you have. I'm, I'm telling you, as soon as I saw this question, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Here goes, here goes 30 minutes of thinking. You can, tur- you can turn this into a board game and make a lot of money, Jason. That's all I'm going to say. About challenging John to a Civ Five battle on a <laughs> SEC map. Yeah. Because by the way, John, if if you don't know, uh, Jason Kirk is a big fan of the game Civilization. Sometimes he plays a coworker of ours, John, in Civilization, and John has described Jason as terrifying. Civilization. I'm pretty mean. At yeah, the game. He's, he's he's mean. Um, I have a few strategic chips that I would like to cash in here, which is this. Go ahead. One. That the East is going to buy off Louisiana, at least into neutrality. Oh, I'm pretty sure Louisiana can be bribed. Been bought hey, before. Louisiana <laughs> is real broke. It basically uh, continues to be bought every day. <laughs> so I'm just saying we can go ahead, get the gas supplies and the gas pipeline, all that good stuff that comes directly out of Oklahoma, right? Down through Arkansas. Wow. We, we can get the energy corridor secured. Wow. And now we're talking about the Anaconda plan being in effect again 150 years later. At least we can turn them into a neutral. Okay? Wow. Dealing that bo- changes everything. Dealing both sides. You're, you're damn right it does. Additionally, I'm pretty sure we can get Texas out of there by just starting a feint saying, hey, watch your back door. Got Jade Helm coming. See, see, I think what happens there is ambitious Texas A&M fans uh, make a, start a false flag operation so that they have an excuse to go to war with Texas. Exactly. I think, wow. I, I think this internecine war – Completely distracts that flank. And then basically what you have is Alabama, Mississippi, and Arkansas against the rest of the universe. We've seen how that goes. I'm pretty <laughs> that said, here's here's one one thing we're leaving out. What does Arkansas have? They got Walmart, man. Mm, logistics. Like, they got a They've shitload got of supplies. Everywhere. They oh, do. So can I can I counter? Yeah. What does Georgia have? Waffle House. Okay, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but both of these have splinter cell networks throughout <laughs> yeah. the country. Uh, and, and please, like Walmart can't be bought into a neutral or at least a black market dealer selling to both sides. Oh, well, yeah, yeah Walmart. The East has instant communication anywhere because, as we know, the federal government uses Waffle House to determine whether a city is actually off the grid or not. Right. Exactly. To determine what FEMA should do. Right. So, so 
what I had for Florida and LSU is they'll just engage in a, in a airboat shotgun battle in the Gulf of Mexico and just cancel each other out. But if LSU's out of the game, now we're talking about Florida's invading Houston. And if, if A&M is, if they're fighting Texas, they also have to be concerned with that. So they're out of the game too. I mean, at this point, the West is completely outgunned. South Carolina don't really have anything for them to do. They, they, they would actually, they would probably try to invade um, Maryland just because that's what they do. <laughs> They've been known to do that. Um, but I mean, wow, if we're talking about LSU being bought out, this, this is a blowout. I would also point this out. Should the conflict spill over into other territories, if Ohio's involved, <sighs> I think we all lose. Urban. Here they come. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 